This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. Watching television, watching television. Watching television, watching television. I need all the image, I need all the sound. I know the info right into my mind. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Trial by Pilot. This is the show where we judge an entire series of television and the work of hundreds on one episode. I'm Bill Lynch. I'm Elizabeth Lynch. And then you're going to throw it to our guests. <laughs> And we're joined by some very <laughs> special guests this week. We're not used to doing it this way, guys. So <laughs> do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, I'm Lauren, and I am one of the co-hosts of Enough Wicker, uh, a podcast where we intellectualize the Golden Girls. And I'm Sarah. We are really happy to be here, albeit uh, virtually. We're yeah. so excited to have you guys. This is like a dream come true for me. <laughs> Like to A, just to be reviewing this pilot in the first place, but then to also like be connecting with an actual podcast dedicated to the Golden Girls is <laughs> such a big deal. This is the perfect crossover. It's really wonderful. Is, uh, yeah, this is great. And it's a few months in the making now. Uh, I think yeah. our first scheduled record was the night I had gallbladder surgery. And then we were supposed to start about, I mean, it was that Tuesday we were supposed to record. Yeah. And then tonight we're about half an hour late because Elizabeth had a, a somewhat medical insurance emergency. <laughs> but we're here. We're so fun. We're all here in squares on the screen, ready to talk about the Golden Girls pilot. Yes. So really, the American healthcare system is really just sandbagging this entire effort. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Truly. We made it. But before we do that, I want to immediately throw us off the rails even more than we already are, because you guys just posted something on your Instagram of Jenny Lewis as a child holding a toy gun up to a teddy bear or something, right? Mm-hmm. I know. I, <laughs> we did, I we did. But yes. I, listen, I have not seen that episode of Golden Girls, but Elizabeth and I are enormous Jenny Lewis fans and Rilo Kylie fans. You guys, so I have I'm, a Rilo Kylie tattoo. You do? What is it? Wait, can I guess? Um, yeah, it's from an early, it's, it was very emo at the time that I got it. And it's from an early album. It's lyrics. Okay. I'm going to get emo now. Oh, it's lyrics? Is it for more adventurous? No, it's earlier, but I love more adventurous. Ooh, I don't know. Is it from takeoffs and landings? <laughs> yes. It's science versus romance. <gasps> oh, oh my gosh. This is... <laughs> Guys, let's just start a podcast together. <laughs> Can I just say, like, I didn't know that you were going to bring this up no. already because I... <laughs> Um, so I've been following along with your podcast and like rewatching the golden girls and I'm like, not that far like into it yet, but I saw the other day that you guys did the episode with Jenny Lewis and I was going to listen to it. And I was like, no, wait, don't you follow along in order. Like, that's just very important <laughs> to me that I do it in order. And I was going to ask you guys if you had a favorite guest star later in the show but i'm just gonna ask you now who's your favorite guest star on the golden girls because mine's jenny lewis <laughs> but was she like some big creep she was like um i mean i know she was a well, i haven't watched the episode in a while but she was like a girl scout but like a like a mean girl scout like a badass Girl Scout, right? Am I remembering it correctly? She's like a kidnapper Girl Scout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a stuffed bear who she takes. So I, I guess that's like, you know, questionable title. But she does take something and hold it for ransom. So, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, I also saw something, some meme of Golden Girls Greatest Villains that you posted. And Jenny Lewis's As a Kid was on it. <laughs> That was literally my next comment was that Jenny Lewis is absolutely on the, the list of the complete villains of the Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. So Lauren, I mean, you're, you know, between a rock and a hard place here because, you know, you're a huge Rilo Kylie fan. Is Jenny Lewis your favorite guest star on the Golden Girls? I don't know. I mean, I think she's the one that I obviously like, like the most in, in real life outside of the Golden Girls. Um, yeah. And I feel like I did have this moment with her where I put together that it was, you know, because I had seen the, the episode so many times and I had independently just like totally obsessed over Rilo Kylie and then Jenny Lewis's solo career. 
And then I, I know, I'm sure I was like in college or something after I'd seen the episode a bunch of times being like, oh my God, she's in everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but honestly, I don't know. I also saw today, uh, there was a meme that was going around. It was a quote from Ruby D who was on the Golden Girls. And, you know, like she's also a powerhouse in her own right. There are so many, I mean, Sonny Bono, I I love Sonny Bono. So I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not prepared to answer this. Well, I I did put you on the spot. Listen, do you have a Sonny tattoo? (laughs) No, but maybe (laughs) talk to me in a year. I don't know what will happen. (laughs) Well, listen, speaking of, uh, you know, a recent, uh, a person where you could maybe recently get a tattoo uh, due to their uh, unfortunate demise, Alex Trebek, big uh, guest star on the Golden Girls. So, yeah, um, that's right. That's a good. But one. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw it out there. Uh, I'm, I'm not the massive Rilo Kylie fan. I'm the odd one out of this, uh, this quartet. <laughs> but uh, I would probably say Debbie Reynolds is my favorite Golden Girls guest star. Okay. And if, if only because, well, she's Debbie Reynolds one, but two that it's just she, she's a very fleeting part but one that makes you be like oh my god that could be a whole series in and of itself <laughs> what, so. what season does she come in oh at the at the very end uh oh she, okay yeah she is like you know she basically <laughs> plays a prospective roommate uh who has like quote unquote like buried a lot of husbands <laughs> oh okay so uh yeah she's she's just like a perfect flirtatious like it wouldn't work because she's very Blanche-like, uh, but mm. the, she just does a really great job. So, <laughs> um, But Lauren, I think, you know, if, Bill, if you didn't know about this music video where Jenny Lewis actually sort of parodied her appearance on the Golden Girls, I mean, this is some bit of Rilo Kylie trivia, right? Lauren, you're- Well, it's her solo, solo career. Yeah. yeah. Solo career, got it, sorry. <laughs> it's okay, he'll correct you, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I only, I only mansplain Jenny Lewis and Rilo Kylie content. <laughs> Nothing else, I promise. I accept. I accept. Um, um, but yeah, but uh, no, I was just gonna say about um, you know, for so for enough Wicker, we are just at um, the beginning of the third season, which is that you know that episode with the famous <laughs> the the villain of the villain child who steals a teddy bear and uh, threatens to shoot it in the head with red ink. I, I will make sure to watch at least that episode yeah. of Golden Girls now that I know it exists. Uh, so we are going to talk about the pilot in a second. You guys kind of know kind of know the deal here. We go through the plot and then we kind of give our thoughts. Does it serve its purpose as a, as a first episode of a series? Um, but I want to know, how did you guys come up with the idea for your podcast to go through episode by episode and kind of contextualize everything? Sarah and I basically... Um had this revelation early on in in our friendship that we were both actually massive Golden Girls fans. And I, you know, I think that I'd always kind of thought about a way that we could um, kind of capitalize on that, on that beyond just like talking about the Golden Girls every time we hung out. Um, (laughs) And then I think, you know, it was like a couple months into the pandemic and we were, we had both been just like rewatching episodes kind of, you know, ad hoc and texting each other, honestly, a lot of lines out of context, but because we're both such freaks, like we could respond with the next line. And it was really fun, you know, like to, to do that. And so I think I had pitched like, oh, maybe we should do a podcast. Like we're going through these like randomly, why don't we just start in order? But then, you know, like there's so many other Golden Girls podcasts, what could we do that made ours a little bit different? And that's why we sort of kind of zeroed in on this like intellectualizing the show and taking like a scholarly perspective yeah yeah and we had we definitely loved the texting quotes back and forth or obviously saying quotes back and forth when we were allowed to see each other in person but it was also part of what was exciting about our our friendship in this golden girls way was that we talked about those deeper themes we talked about how the show actually affected us Uh, as feminists and, you know, as young women and what we've actually taken in our adult lives from learning, uh, from watching these old ladies, you know, in the 80s and 90s (laughs) on reruns and in high school and everything and how at different parts of our lives, they've actually always been relevant, if maybe even for just different reasons, some for the same reason, but for different reasons. So I think those two together were kind of like, we were already sort of talking about what, you know, ageism, how that plays into why the show is so popular and what having these female role models was like and, you know, what it meant to actually have a show 
with women based around friendship and not, you know, sexuality or like the pursuit of romance. And yes, like they definitely are man crazy in nearly every episode <laughs> in some regard. But, but the core of the show is actually about female friendship and about uh, sort of a second chance in life. So it's really, it was just really these two blends of, uh, like Lauren said, of like sort of these, um, uh, ways of looking at the show and then you know when we sort of talked about this intellectualizing part of it we did some googling and discovered there are actual scholars and actual academic journals people's dissertations thesis papers talking about the show I mean like there's that that was like the most wow. part to all of us so yeah you know as um as, if followers of Olaf Wicker will know we actually often have very special episodes where we talk to said scholars about their papers writing about everything we just talked about like ageism and you know media studies and how women are portrayed and archetypes mm. and and what have you it's just a wonderful world to delve into cool that's what I appreciate so much about it is that you know, I haven't watched it in a really long time, but it's been such a huge part of my life. It was like, not just a show that I liked, but I have a large family. I have a lot of siblings. But my That was a show that like the entire family liked. So my dad's quoting it. My brother's quoting it. My mom, my sister's like, so it was just kind of like a fun sitcom that like my parents let me watch when I was younger. And then I just continued to like it. And I just like hadn't, I just stopped watching it for a while. And so to go back to it and listen along with you guys and realize like, oh my gosh, like not really realizing until now the way that these characters like formed so much about what I think and looking at feminism and what are the possibilities for an older woman because it wasn't necessarily modeled like what these women are doing was not modeled with the older women in my family. And so I just like, it's just funny because like, I always had this idea, like my sister Susan and I were always like, well, like when our husbands die, we'll live together. <laughs> like, that's just like, it's just weird. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> I never said that out loud to him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but well, it's, it's just, just it's so statistics. crazy to see it like to to and then like form those opinions again like when you you know you watch something at different points in your life and I'm like oh wow these women are like really awesome and like the topics that they take on with this show it's just still so relevant today I really think that I didn't realize at the time how lucky I was to have that show be such a huge part of my life you know Absolutely. <sighs> anyway they, a lot of no i mean i obviously kindred spirits here and bill <laughs> it's just stats okay men die earlier i'm sorry hey, I, i'm glad you made it, it through gallbladder hey dorothy was divorced it doesn't mean that you're gonna die Listen, i hope you okay. find two yeah, other friends hope for divorce. <laughs> oh yeah <good. laughs> I hope you find two close friends and Coco and you guys can get a place together. Oh, Coco. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got bad, I got bad news for you, Bill. We can't afford Coco. Oh, no. I, I'm not going to continue watching. Spoiler alert for later in this episode. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know, I, I know a bit about the show. I've listened to a, your podcast. You know, it covers a lot of different topics and themes. And, you know... <sighs> You've, you've rewatched it throughout your life. So do you find yourselves gravitating towards different characters as you've gotten older or different episodes do you connect more with? I think characters for sure. I think it, not even specifically characters, but as I get older, qualities about certain characters that I mm, never okay. anticipated before. I've always, you know, been like really attached to Dorothy um, being a sort of like, non-typical you know uh fem not typically feminine woman um and just being you know vaguely curmudgeonly about the world but just like wanting to approach things on her own terms is is a lot of what Dorothy is about yeah. so I've always sort of identified with her but as I get older I can see qualities in Blanche for instance struggling against identities that women are supposed to have like loving being a mother and making that be everything you're about or not being a woman who's supposed to go out to bars and have sex with random guys she just met you know and just like having these qualities of like as you age and Elizabeth this goes back to what you were talking about too of like role models for 
older women and what you're supposed to aspire to, it just, it opens up so many more possibilities uh, when you actually see the interplay of these various characters. And of course, you know, aspirational to be Sophia in your eighties, just being like the hell with all of you. So yeah, uh, I don't know how you feel, Lauren. <laughs> Hashtag <know> goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, well, I think that certainly, I think like attachments to characters and, and like particular themes or, or episodes even will hit you differently. But the thing that I think is most sort of um, changes the experience is like when middle age is sort of on the horizon, you know, even if it's like, you know, further away than it, it, you're not currently in it, you know, but like being able to picture yourself, I guess, as like a 50 year old is different than when you're watching the show and you're 17 because like you just can't even so far that you can't relate to it but you can't even imagine yourself like being 30 at that point you know and so it's just like such a, it's like watching people that are so different from you and I feel like as I've gotten older and I've been watching it it's I find myself relating to their problems and even like being able to picture myself in these conversations in ways that I wasn't at, at other times when I was watching it so I think that's also you know just like it, about it comes from featuring older characters but it's also just a nod to the different lenses through which you can see the same show over and over yeah yeah that's cool is there in like golden girls fandom is there a character that's like known as the best quote unquote or do people argue over who their favorite is i mean if, if you're i wouldn't say in the golden girls fandom i would say in light fandom of like a in a <laughs> pop culture standpoint. very lightly here <laughs> well no i mean i just i think in light like we're deep in the fandom now i mean like well I'm we there are there are people who were born after the show went off the air that are like rabid golden girls fans and i <laughs> fucking love it i mean the internet is, is wild but as you know like the show has always maintained a certain like you know, just popularity through the years. It's, you know, it was on syndication before it actually went off the air, et cetera. And it's always been there in the background. Um, but I, so I, so I think Sophia is often like the character because she's funny, she's quirky and she's the little old grandma that carries that bamboo purse everywhere she goes. Right. And she's not afraid to say, you know, tell it like it is. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's, everybody's got their favorites. Like there, again, there are archetypes, you know, we've got a whole uh, huge, very special episode where we talk about just that. But, you know, yeah. I mean, Blanche is the sexy one and Rose is the kind of dumb, but very sweet one and trusting one, you know? And like I said before, Bl uh, Dorothy is like the super practical, like, you know, she is the, the straight man, so to speak, when you're talking about <laughs> being in a house full of chuckleheads and having to keep people <laughs> on task. I just read as I was doing a very small amount of research for this episode that all four of them won Emmys at some point, yeah. primetime Emmys, which is only one of four sitcoms that that has ever happened on. Do you guys know the other three? All in the Family, Will and Grace, and Schitt's Creek. Great, because I didn't know. I God, I love that you... <laughs> You knew that. I was I was expecting you all to just stare blankly, and then I was going to say I don't know, and then <laughs> you, you ruined it. Well, I ruined it only because I literally was so prepared for trivia. I was like, oh my god! So no, we actually we know that only because we knew about the Emmys, but we actually put together um, because again, massive Golden Girls fans, we put together a starter kit uh, for people like you, Bill, who've never actually seen the show before. So that actually is referenced in there of saying like, hey, you know, this is this show is not only just cool by our standards, but yeah. <laughs> the, the Emmys even said it was great. So um, yeah, it was a really big deal. And obviously at the time it was only one of two. So. Oh, well, I appreciate you knowing that because I read that on Wikipedia and it didn't have a footnote. Like, how do, how do you put that stat and not have a footnote that tells me the other three? <laughs> I was a little upset. Somebody's got to do some editing. Hang on. So do, back. Do you guys, yeah. have, you, have you guys done like Golden Girls trivia? We did. We did. Elizabeth, we did. <laughs> um, we did it a couple years ago um, at this bar. And I'll tell you that it was our own, our own dang attitudes that got in our way because so we went and um, the question was, yeah, the question was like, uh, what is Rose's first boyfriend? And so uh, the actor who plays Rose's long-term boyfriend, Bill, to give you some context, is on, he first appears as a character named Arnie, but it's like a one episode arc and then he just goes away. And then 
no explanation comes back later as Miles, her like long-term serious boyfriend. And so we didn't Weird. know if the writers of the trivia, so cocky, the writers of the trivia wouldn't know that it was Arnie. So we decided to like dumb down our answer, which I know I I was the driving force of. I was like, there's no way. You were, that. I will say that. <laughs> yeah, I know. We were both I know. drinking, but yeah. it's, really, it's really painful for us to admit, but it actually is. Came in third. I know. Third? Yeah. What, what was your name? Did you have a team name? I'm just curious because I named uh, my sister did Golden Girls trivia and I named their team. And so I just want to know what your team name was. We were uh, Parrot Village, if, if that means anything to you. No. <laughs> they are, uh, it's basically an episode where uh, Rose is talking about seeing the sights around Miami and talking about how she's going to go to Gator World and Sea World and Parrot Village. And Dorothy's like, the parrots don't get a world? This is what? <laughs> <laughs> what was your sister's team name? Um, it was the Lanialators. Ooh, love that. My pocket pad. Proud of it. All right. Lauren's next tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Should we actually talk about the pilot to the Golden Girls? I suppose. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go through this pretty quickly, but feel free to just pop on in there with any commentary. Uh, well, first, it starts off with the theme song, which is you know, maybe one of the most known sitcom theme songs, probably that and Cheers. Fun fact, when I auditioned for... Um... We'll get to the pilot in a couple minutes. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was auditioning for grad school and you had to like sing a, a song and most people were singing some kind of show tune and I sang the Golden Girls <laughs> song. <laughs> That is amazing. I didn't. I was waitlisted. <laughs> Do it now. Here's your stage. <laughs> oh, gosh. Check the levels. Oh, Check goodness. the levels. But Check I don't levels. think I was waitlisted because of that, because everyone else in my group and my small group at the callback really enjoyed it. <laughs> As they should have. I mean, come on. Well, another fun fact about the theme song. See, Bill, you said like four words, and now we have like 12 yeah, stories to tell fun. about it. But, um, <laughs> If you're not familiar with another sort of internet meme that's been going around, uh, a, a YouTuber by the handle Finally Aaron is is somewhat famous now for singing sort of, I, I think he calls it a, like a soul version, basically, of um, the Golden Girls theme song. And once you watch the video of him singing sort of over the theme, you're absolutely never going to hear it the same way again. So oh, I, I recommend that, uh, you know, after this podcast, I'm sorry, not soul re remix, it's gospel remix. That's what it is. Mm. Um, but it's, it's uh, absolutely magnificent. That's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Uh, we'll listen. We'll listen. <laughs> so Dorothy enters the kitchen of their home and she's complaining to Coco. I, I know I've been, I've been warned about Coco um, about how ugly her students were in class. And she kicked some Accurate. girls out. She kicked some <laughs> girls out for having shaved heads. And then Blanche comes in and reveals she's going out with this guy, Harry, again, even though they just met. So Dorothy's asking about him and Blanche reveals that he proposed to her last night after only a week of dating. So Quite she's not fast. Yeah. She's not sure. She doesn't have an answer yet, but she doesn't want to lose this guy. She really likes him. And so she's getting ready for their date this evening and Dorothy's mother, Sophia, shows up at the front door because her house burned down. Or, or the old- The home, the, the retirement home, yeah. home she was living in. Yeah, home. the home. <laughs> <laughs> and Harry shows up to take Blanche out and the other three women are there, uh, Dorothy, Sophia, and Rose. And we find out that the three of them were living together because Blanche put out an ad for roommates. And Rose brings up how their, their families have either, you know, passed away or they live far away. And, you know, she's worried that they're alone. They were alone now. And, you know, if, if Blanche gets married, then they're going to be alone again. What are they going to do? And so uh, I think it's the next morning Blanche reveals that she accepted the proposal. I just got to stop you because you're going so fast and I, that's fine. <laughs> but you skipped over the MCI joke, which I just I, thought was... <laughs> Listen, there are. I can't get through to New Jersey with MCI. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was a good one. 
I, I mean, you can't go over every single joke because Dorothy's delivering like zinger after zinger. It's oh, like nonstop. There like, are so many one-liners, <laughs> which is fine. A lot of them were very funny, but like with sitcoms, I, I tend to just kind of zip through the pilot because it's mostly meaningless. It's 22 minutes and it's mostly jokes that I'm not yeah, going to repeat. And I want to like focus on like little like minutia, like details. <laughs> the MCI joke was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sophia says after they leave for their date, he says that guy's a scuzzball. Yeah. A man is a scuzzball. Yeah. And then, you know, you can't see it on a podcast, but Dorothy throws her hands up and grabs her head, <laughs> exasperated with her ridiculous <laughs> mother. And it's just... Right. Wonderful. Speaking of beat by beat by beat jokes. <laughs> She's exasperated a lot in this pilot episode <laughs> and probably throughout the series. Uh, so Blanche reveals that they got engaged. They're getting married next week. Uh, but the next day, Rose wakes up and she goes to Dorothy and she's like, I just have this terrible gut feeling that this guy, Harry, is no good. I can't explain it. I just feel it. And I, I know these aren't exact lines like I'm sure you guys would be <laughs> saying. I'm just paraphrasing. <laughs> Uh, and so th there's a scene with her trying to tell Blanche and at every turn, Dorothy is stopping her, finishing us her sentences or put putting her in a chokehold. I think at one point she locks her in a closet uh, and then like rushes Blanche out the door. So Rose can't can't ruin this engagement. And so they're waiting in the living room with the priest. I guess they're going to get married in the living room. I guess it was yeah, like, like they have a, like some a quick, strange like wedding, like lots of weddings happen quick there. Ceremony. In that house. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it's a, a hot venue. <laughs> and a police officer knocks on the door and gives her a note from Harry, and he said, "You know, I'm sorry, but this guy's been arrested. He's a bigamist, and he has six wives." And the note says, "I'm so sorry. This time it was different. I really liked you." And he hopes that one day Blanche will write to him. And of course, Blanche is like horrified, is embarrassed, feels like a total fool for falling for this guy. And the next day they're out on the lanai, I think, right? Yep. And that's the lanai. The lanai. <laughs> <laughs> and Blanche comes out and thanks them and says, you know, I feel good again because I know I have you guys here. You're my family. And they make a pact to kind of stick together no matter what happens to any of them. And that was the pilot. To That's the, the pilot. Five course. minutes or less. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. Um, I'm not going to ask what you guys thought. <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling you enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I just have a question. Sure. I truly like, I don't remember as much as I've seen the golden girls. It's just like been on every channel. And so I've watched reruns for like my entire life. I don't remember this episode. And I did not remember Coco. And I just was, I was watching this like, who the F is Coco? All like, right. So just, <laughs> I, need, I need to know, like, does he fizzle out after three episodes? Like there's something with the, his contract? What was it? Who is Coco? That's the, that's the <laughs> you guys really want to get to the bottom of that. Um, He's an okay petunia. <laughs> yeah. So actually um, I refreshed, my reading about this because I knew we were coming on. So basically, um, Sophia was actually just supposed to be like a guest. Like she wasn't supposed to be in the regular cast. Wow. And Coco was going to be like the sassy sort of like, like basically fill that role. But audiences love Sophia. She tested really well. And it wasn't that Coco didn't test well. He just didn't compare in terms of like who people liked. And so he's written off completely, never heard from again after the first episode. But I was also in my research today. Um, I think he is either the first or one of the very first openly gay characters in like the Disney empire so wow. it was a big deal like you know he has a place in history it's just not in the home <laughs> the girls <laughs> well i kind of felt bad for him in a way because i didn't feel like he was given like there was just wasn't much to work with for him he yeah, had just actually, like little filler lines so that was the other thing is like when they were cutting this episode they cut all his scenes were the first to be cut so he's really uh, like not even super he's not even featured as much as like they thought he was going to be at, at shooting, I don't think. Oh, wow. Poor Coco. <laughs> you think that's your big break? You know, you're getting on to share like this stage with, you know, these big players and yeah. you get your scenes cut. So was this testing after audiences had just seen the pilot or like did Sophia leave and then come back again? No, that was just the pilot. So Estelle Getty was like, I mean, they wanted to have her as a regular guest star. It wasn't just 
uh, or, or regular recurring character, I guess. It wasn't just like she right. was going to pop in here and there. But uh, yeah, they just basically, you know, as Lauren said, like she had funny lines. She filled the entire role. Also, like when you actually broke it down, it didn't make sense that these women like needed to live together financially and then also had a live-in cook. It was, you know, it's kind of like you had to think about that premise for a little bit. Um, so yeah, she just, I mean, she tested great. And it, what's fascinating too is like, you know, if you do watch feature Golden Girls episodes, like Estelle Getty looks crazy haggard in this episode. Yes, it's not she really the does. normal look. Yeah, it's not the typical look. Like, uh, her know, wig isn't good. Like, there's one point where she turns around and I'm like, "Yeah, where did they get that <laughs> from? Like, she looked look very different. Because I remember, like, I remember the first time that I found out that she was actually younger than all the other women. And I, it freaked Except me. for Ruby McClanahan. Oh, really? She yeah. was older She's than young. her? Oh, okay. She's younger than B. Arthur and younger than Betty White. Betty White, ironically, is the oldest and the one still kicking today at night. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is completely off topic, but we're rewatching 30 Rock. And there's a joke in there about Betty White. How Rule old? Threes? <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> and, then, and then we looked it up and that episode aired like 10 years ago and Betty White is still around. Yeah. It's Easy. incredible. It's incredible. Totally. Uh, actually, that was also my first note to bring it back to the pilot is Betty White is so good. I think she delivered like the first like one liner, like traditional one liner. Yeah. That's a great joke. I, I don't even remember what it was. I just wrote like Betty White is so good. And by the end of the episode, I mean, I, I thought all the characters, you know, filled those roles perfectly. But that was my first like gut reaction was like, wow, Betty White is funny. Yeah. I mean, I haven't I honestly haven't seen her in much other than contemporary things and I have like a few guest appearances. Well, now she's sitcoms. like always playing Betty White and she's playing right. that kind of like the anti-Rose in everything yeah. that she does, yeah. which is funny in and of itself because everyone knows her now as Rose. Even though she had a career before the Golden Girls, people know her as Rose. But to bring it back to the whole pilot idea, I thought they did a great job of giving you a sense of all of these women's personalities and the relationship they have with each other, mm -hmm. even though they hadn't known each other for that long, I think. Right. Um, yeah. Actually, I don't know the history of that. If they knew each other or not, I did hear a rumor at one point that B and Betty like didn't get along. I ooh, heard that recently and that's true. I didn't, I didn't research it because I was a little bit upset. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. I know. I don't like to, I don't like to like go into it because people also really harp on it. And I don't think they like, hated each other they just weren't friends and also because oh, like okay. me and rue were really good friends and rue was also really good friends with betty so mm -hmm. i think it was like you know betty white is was like a game show she was on game shows she was like a tv actress and i think that b arthur was just like you know an actor like she had come from the theater and was like they she just and angela lansbury styles. my yeah. other my other writer oh, yeah best friends I like this Absolutely. And the yeah. steel ball too. I mean, they were all butts. Do you know what I think about sometimes <laughs> now? <laughs> that like Angela Lansbury and Betty White are both alive. Like, but I wonder if they have any kind of friendship. <laughs> like, it's like of like that era. Like who else is around? I've like gone through like show business at the same time. But like Not if many. there was bad blood between like Angela and her best friend, and Betty White, like maybe, you know, I'm just I like making these Hollywood stories in my head. I but have no other connection to these women. Yeah, I have no <laughs> other connection to these women, but like, I wouldn't call it bad blood. I think, okay. like, if you think about Betty White's personality, like Lauren said, TV dynamo, blowing all sorts of expectations out of the water, even way back in the day, loves trivia. She is just that person and is always and has always been that person on set that's like hey how's it going you know like she's just yeah. always chipper she's always in a good mood and b arthur is definitely as lauren said comes from the theater is an actor and also it's just like god you're fucking annoying <laughs> you know, like <laughs> i just get a break and i can totally see you know betty white just sort of like yeah. poking, poking the bear and i that's think why you know B. Yeah. arthur was never a match game you know it's just, <laughs> to be a bummer, right. but it's true exactly <laughs> But yeah, um, as Lauren said, I think they harp like they, you know, the fandom and the internet harp on it because there's no, there's no um, 
drama with that show. Like there's no, there's nothing to talk about. And like now there's like, you have to have something to talk about. So maybe that's just <laughs> what it is. You have to have something to talk about, about the sitcom from 1985. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what rumors can we start? <laughs> Um, one other thing I wanted to point out about the pilot that, um, Bill, you probably won't know, but Elizabeth, you might have picked up on is, so Blanche doesn't have a Southern accent in this. And she basically, I think, was kind of like directed out of using it for the first episode, but then she brought it back. And I think that like, that is such an iconic piece of her character, this yeah. like May West gone with the wind, like, you know, character. Yeah. And um, so I also think that that, it makes it just makes her character different too. Like you know, this whole episode, she's marrying. Like obviously, we will talk about this, but she's marrying this guy that she met like a week ago, and she's so like weak and and it just isn't the Blanche Devereaux that we yeah. know. And so that's like an also a big thing that sticks out for me as as like doesn't. Yeah, work and we we've discussed that too. You know, again on enough Wicker Lauren, like you mentioned, Bill, like Betty White nails it. Betty White in this episode of the four is the one that is most like Rose continuing on. Okay. And Dorothy gets a little like you were like the Dorothy zingers. I'm like, Oh my God, this girl with green hair, you know, like that kind of (laughs) nonsense. It's like, she's still (laughs) abrasive later, but not as much. Blanche is way more vamp turned up and like, the great example we always cite about Blanche is like in this episode, she's like, you know, we're going to honeymoon in New York. He wants a honeymoon in New York. I just hope I don't get murdered. And <laughs> like later, later in again, when Blanche is also going to go away with a man who she just met, et cetera, she's just like, we're not going to New York. That's Yankeeville, you know, like that kind of stuff. So yeah. that's, way, that's way more in tune with her personality. And again, as we just talked about, Sophia changes a lot as well. But yeah, Betty White is like, the Rose character hits hits it pretty much on the head right right in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I like like seeing now, like watching it all the way through, like how quickly they do kind of like get those characters going and the way that like, you know, I just felt felt like they maybe like overwrote a little bit for Dorothy. And I feel like with an actress like B. Arthur, like you don't have to because there's so much with just her like facial expressions, like as like the show goes on that she says, like she, she like allows for like more like space for like other people's jokes to land to like make her punchline just by reacting to it. And it's like, it's so brilliant how she does it. And like, I just like that they gave her like a chance to do that rather than just being funny. Cause she's so funny and witty and like, you know, it's really just her reaction to like all these like crazy people around her. <laughs> You're exactly right. And I honestly think as the pilot goes on, right? Like we hit another thing we talked about in our pilot episode was like, I counted eight jokes in the first minute. Like, and they're all <laughs> B. Arthur. And you're like, whoa, okay, we get it. It's a funny show. But <laughs> and they're all, you know, it's like, it's top loaded, basically. And yeah. then, you know, towards the end, like that that space that you're talking about, Elizabeth, like naturally kind of comes out Well, as they find their chemistry and as the scenes go on. And obviously as you have that touching moment where they sort of make a pact to stay together, even if they all get married. But yeah, there's, I, I totally agree that it's like so much of what B. Arthur brings to the table is the space between yeah. her and other things happening. Yeah. There were a lot of funny one-liners and I have to say, you know, I don't watch many 80s and 90s sitcoms that don't feel at least a little bit dated. In, in, some, in some regard, there has to be some aspect that doesn't quite hold up. But I mean, as a sitcom pilot, I think this mostly holds up. I mean, there are some dated jokes, sure. The one-liners are funny. I think the the themes that they touch upon and I'm sure evolve throughout the show are s- still relatable. So I think in that respect, it really, really did a good job. Yeah, I mean, I, what, MCI? That's, that's basically, right. that's basically <laughs> the, the most dated joke I can think of. I think that probably the most, like what like did stick out to me a little bit is like Sophia's reactions to Coco and the way she talked about Coco. Yeah. Wouldn't really fly today, but it also wasn't, it wasn't like, I'm not going to say it wasn't offensive. I think that it was offensive. Like you wouldn't say that about somebody. It wasn't cruel in like, um, see, that was actually, I I was going to bring that up next because (laughs) 
Elizabeth and I have been rewatching shows recently, which I, I never really did for some reason. Um, but over the last couple of years, we watched Community and 30 Rock. And there are aspects of those shows that are a little uncomfortable, some of the jokes they make. Mm-hmm. And so in this episode, there's the fancy man jokes. Uh, Blanche calls a, some girl a prostitute. There's, I think there's like an immigrant crack in there somewhere. Okay. And so I'm wondering, does that carry through the rest of the series? Do they become aware of it? Like, and then how do you guys feel about, you know, the show that you obviously love and cherish so much having that kind of, of humor to it? Cause we, we struggle with it with some of the shows that we rewatch. Yeah. I, I similarly watched rewatch 30 rock kind of recently. And I was like, I kind of expected some stuff to not hold up, but there are like entire episodes and you're like, um, and I yeah. will say, to be honest, like that's a great juxtaposition because I don't really think there are entire episodes of the Golden Girls that are built on a plot line that don't hold up. You know, there's um, Mixed Blessings is the famous one that got removed. And that was kind of controversial because like it, the premise of that plot is an interracial marriage and like the family's dealing with it. And so, you know, I think like there's a lot to say about that one, but in terms of like jokes that don't hold up there, there are, it's definitely peppered throughout. There's a lot of, um, they don't handle race very well. They really don't handle like body shaming, super fat phobic, generally related to like queer issues. I think they were even for the time a better, like a lead, um, they had basically like one queer centric story at least a season, whereas most other shows would do one and like, you know, check it off the list and be like, got the gay thing, you know, like, right. so so the way that they handled, so I think it's like anything from that time. I think the Golden Girls is above average for sure with what holds up, but yeah, I mean, we still run into stuff all the time, even like, yeah. just like jokes. Uh, we recently recorded an episode and there was just like so many jokes about like being ugly and like, just not nice yeah. and so that that does come up a fair amount Sarah did you yeah I mean that's it it's there's not and certainly as we review the show we're not making excuses for it it's like oh but I love it and that kind of thing there are there are also instances where you're like laughing at something even though you know it's not a great comment you know type of thing and you're like all right mm-hmm. this is crazy yeah. like thinking and you have to sort of process it for yourself like how much is this being nostalgic? How much is delivery? It's obviously written to make you try to laugh at some of these things that are just like not cool, you know? And um, I think like Lauren, like you said, the, the fat phobic stuff comes up. There are some sort of like immigrant storylines or just, you know, othering of people uh, that are not just white people that, that are you know, stars right. on the show. But again, they also do try to tackle some of these issues head on with to mixed results. I mean, sometimes it lands a little poorly but other times like you said bill for the pilot you're just like most of this could just be on the air today you know there's there's messaging and specifically related to queer issues like it's always i remember when um you know we were pushing for um you know marriage equality you know thank thankfully now it feels like back in the day uh you know the golden girls clip was going around of sophia explaining to blanche why you know gay people should be allowed to get married and it's like That was like not even, yeah, that was, you know, it's like being cited, but like at the time when it was already 20 years old, basically, uh, which was pretty fascinating to, to sort of be a mouthpiece for that sort of thing. So, so like anything, I mean, you just have to, like a, like a scholar, you have to make sure you're balancing the good with the bad and then taking, you know, um, all, everything that you can from both of those, uh, you know, ways that they, they demonstrate what they knew at the time and what you know could be done better i think that like it's an example of a show that was very progressive for the time when it aired and it just kind of shows that like this was like our language changes constantly and that's where it was and those were jokes that were acceptable and appropriate and like not that it actually was acceptable and appropriate we know more now that like you know because those marginalized groups have a bigger voice and are, you know, saying, Oh, actually, no, that's always offended us. Like not just now, but it's, you know, I think it really was for the time that it was on, it was a progressive show. So I think you can kind of watch it and say like, okay, I think they were like kind of in line with like what they were, which, what was acceptable at making a joke. I think sometimes 30 rock was really pushing 
like the boundaries as hard as they could, like before they went over the line. And sometimes they just went over the line. (laughs) Yeah, I I think an important moment was when Jenny Maroney sang Muffin Top and performed. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are some episodes of that show where it's like, Fat joke, black joke, gay joke. I mean, just yeah. bing, bang, boom, like nonstop. Well, it's surprising to watch it because it's not that long ago. And watching that and you think like Liz Lemon was who like every like liberal like woman, like I, being in college, like I'm going to be Liz Lemon. And it's like some of the way she looks at at like the yeah. the gay jokes, it, like her 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 scope of like what gay is and like what queer is is like very narrow like let you know like the bisexual like jokes are like that's not a thing like the, i'm like wait this lemon said that no she didn't <laughs> what random <laughs> <does>? <laughs> like, there is just that's something a really oh go ahead I, I was just gonna say it just feels different and i don't know if it makes it it, it doesn't make it less uh more or less right or wrong, but like 30 Rock is such a ridiculous show. It's like so slapstick and unrealistic. It's just like a different context versus a show like Golden Girls, which is a sitcom, but is pretty grounded in reality for the most part. So like those moments feel a little bit different to yeah, me. Not, just, not that one's right or wrong, but. They just do feel more uncomfortable because it was the same thing with watching Community. Community was also very ridiculous, <laughs> but you watch it and you're like, uh, like yeah. I don't do that when I'm watching the Golden Girls. I'm kind of like, ooh, yeah. I shouldn't say that. Like, <laughs> it's, just just a slightly different noise. it's just a different noise, guys. <laughs> what were you yeah, say? The, the idea. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, I think you you nailed it with the like it grounded in reality and like at the time it was specifically a progressive show, particularly because it was network television in the 80s and early 90s, which just basically meant like Saturday night at nine o'clock. That meant like basically America is watching, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. and it was such a big deal, you know, like now we have so many shows and so many networks and people are making jokes that, you know, we're back to the the cable split of like, oh, I have 17 subscriptions to all of my television, uh, you know, watching platforms. So you can sort of quote unquote, get away with different things when you have like way more of like a honed in audience. And not to say that obviously Community and 30 Rock were a much broader subset, but even then there was, you know, streaming and other cable networks and other things like that. It's like really most people in America were watching, you know, one of the top three networks at the time. So it's kind of like in that context, it's an even bigger deal of how much they tried to sort of talk about these progressive issues and just slightly change your mind. And Mm -hmm. I think going back to the ridiculousness of 30 Rock and the, how absurd that was, like they were making a point in that sort of satire way. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Golden Girls was making a point in just the everyday way. So they were making these jokes that were quote unquote okay at the time, even though they were not about, mm-hmm. you know, fat jokes or just like making references, but it was never meant to be super crude and, and rude, you know, rude just to be that way. Um, mm-hmm. I think the crudest you come is like Sophia flying off the handle. And even that is explained away with this whole like, oh, you know, she had a stroke. So it destroyed the part of her brain that censors herself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was, it was meant to be provocative in a way that just didn't fly off the handle. Uh, and I think it's just interesting. Like you said, the, the reactions of the cringe is a different sort of feeling when you're watching yeah. <laughs> girls than you are um, when you're watching Liz Lemon, you know, try to be a quote unquote good liberal in the year 2000. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm constantly trying to solve this issue in my own head, which I know I can't, but like, is it okay if it's a satirical thing that's like actually attacking a race issue if you make a black joke or something like that? And I don't know. I don't, you know, no one, there is no right answer to it. It's going to constantly evolve and change, but like, I don't want to feel bad watching these shows that I really like. (laughs) Don't make me feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, after our uh, latest president, I I really feel like satire is over. It's, it's done. Like you, You can't. You have to speak the truth because it's so confusing now of what people mm-hmm. actually believe. I don't want to. I can. Um. I feel like I couldn't watch Veep for a couple years because I was like, it's too real. Like I can't because I yeah. loved, loved, loved it, and then that happened, and then now I can now watch it again. So it's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to give it some time, and then satire will be soon. <laughs> Veep got so mean. I mean, I guess it was always pretty mean, but like the last few seasons, I was like. This is. This yeah, is that is 
Chris, yeah. that's also happened on the Golden Girls is like it just becomes so cutting with Veep. It was like I, honestly, anytime Catherine was around, I was like, oh god, this is gonna be so uncomfortable. Like she, yeah. she was just like not nice to her, and that yeah. like you know, it's funny that these two came up because like that is what happened in the Golden Girls. It's like the jokes towards Dorothy get to be so mean and so based in like B. Arthur presenting herself and not like it's not like a personality joke. It's like you look like you look mannish like every you know every joke is about her looks or like how she's mm-hmm. tall or how no man will ever love her and you know obviously that grates on you um even as an actor's actor but it's crazy that both of these two shows kind of like veered in that direction and and kind of leaves on a sour note a little bit mm. how late into golden girls did that start to happen i'd say the last two seasons get a little bit like that it's not it's not something you would necessarily notice unless, like us, you're like really constantly <laughs> re-watching shows. But there are a few episodes in the last, I'd say, two seasons that feel like pretty heavy-handed on that. Although, as we just realized, starting the third season, uh, it, it kind of starts immediately. I think one of the first jokes is like, you know, talking about looks. And it's it's present the whole time. But that, like Lauren said, part of the reason B. Arthur was the one who left the show is she just didn't like the way her character was being written. And it turned out great for all of us because leaving on a high note was the way to go. So. It was, was it seven seasons total? Seven, seven. seasons. Yeah, yeah. And don't get and, me wrong, season six and seven, there are some absolute gems there. I think they're my, favorites, my favorite episodes. actually. So. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, like you said, you can, it's interspersed <laughs> and you can really, you can see the difference of leaning, like any show, right? You can see them leaning into, you know, a certain type of the way that the writing goes as sure. opposed to sort of earlier seasons. Yeah. So Elizabeth, what, I, I'm curious for, you know, again, you knowing the series, like what also stood out for you watching the pilot again of like, oh, didn't remember that. Or like, oh, this ch- totally changes later. Or, you know, what are some other reactions you have besides MCI? <laughs> besides MCI. <laughs> um, I think probably the relationship between, like just thinking ahead, the relationship between Dorothy and Sophia, just, I like the way that it evolves because in the beginning, it's just kind of like, oh, mom's here from the home. Like, and it really does like, I just like, I like watching their relationship evolve because it is very tender at times. And it's like comforting to me to see that kind of like funny relationship with her mom, but they also just like really go at it sometimes, you know, like they don't, I I like how they're just like so real and honest with each other. Uh, And so it kind of like evolves a little bit more. Uh, I felt like it was like maybe just like a little like just for jokes in the first episode, but that's a good question. I don't really know what else stuck out. Although the the jewelry borrowing starts right away, the mink stole, <laughs> and I need this. Like that's like honestly, that's one of the things about the whole the whole series that sticks out to me is like the fashion throughout the whole thing. How like these are that's like another thing. It's not just like oh you can like live with your best friends. Um, into your golden years, <laughs> which sounds like a lot of fun, but like these women are like going out and doing things and always dressed well. Like they're <laughs> always dressed. They have outfits for everything they do, like for bowling, for golf, for <laughs> sleeping, for like, you know, they're always going to like a gala. Like these are like involved, like women who do <laughs> things in the town. It's like very inspiring. That starts like right away. <laughs> well, we'd be remiss uh, in the Golden Girls universe to not point out goldengirlsfashion.com, which is Golden Girls Fashion Corner. So if you really want to dig Ooh. into uh, an analysis of the different fashion pieces that happen on the show. Well, I will. Cause I do follow um, a Murder She Wore um, Instagram. <laughs> follow them as well. It's a great account. <laughs> so are you, so I have a question actually, like, because I, I love Golden Girls, but I feel like everybody loves Golden Girls. Like in my mind, that's like, but like, does also, do you guys also love Murder, She Wrote? I, I do, love- not the same way, but. Yeah, okay. I agree. I love Murder, She Wrote. I don't have, I feel like the the show that I have probably the closest like recall and attachment to is The Nanny, which I've 
been mm. going through on HBO Max, and I, uh, it really also holds up. And the fashion there is like, <laughs> you mean, you mean other than Golden Girls? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like, yeah, yeah. I was but like, you weren't like, secretly more of a nanny fan. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know, they aired right after each other on the Lifetime channel like my whole life so I feel like that's why like I only I didn't absorb any of like what I learned in 10th grade I only absorbed like what I watched from 4 to 5 30 every day <laughs> it's crazy the important stuff. Awesome. yeah <laughs> I think my biggest recall uh show is Arrested Development and uh fun fact Mitchell Hurwitz who created Arrested Development also wrote for the Golden Girls oh wow really that once a- I realized that after I was an Arrested Development fan I was like well all checks out. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> um, Elizabeth, on just one topic, and I know it's sort of like spoiling when we're just talking about pilot episodes, but if you flash forward to the end of the second seventh season, at the end of the Golden Girls, um, one of the best scenes of probably the entire series, but especially of that episode, is when Sophia and Dorothy are talking. Uh, and basically, you know, spoiler alert, the show's been off for, off the air forever. So whatever. <laughs> Dorothy's getting married. And Sophia decides that she's going to stay with um, Blanche and Rose. And Dorothy basically, like, thanks Sophia for, like, the privilege of being her friend as an adult. And it's, it's the coolest scene, right? Because it's, yeah. it's part of that relationship where, again, like, this whole, like, second chance idea or, like, you know, like said, Bill, when the husband dies or, you know, divorce happens and you're just like, fuck, this is not what I planned for. And you have, you know, something yeah. sort of appears in your life again. It's so lovely to also have that with your own mother. And yeah. you know, just like to have you just be like, I didn't expect not only my friendship with these two other women who I didn't even know before, but just like bonding with my own mom. So it is really nice to sort of the juxtaposition of like where they go over the yeah. series. I'm getting a little choked up just hearing that uh, little synopsis. There. I mean, it is really nice. I would say the only like downfall of that, like from what I, from memory of that episode is shit, a hideous wedding dress. I just. Yeah. It's called the toilet paper dress. In the oh my God, it was awful. It's like, it like burned in my mind. Like, why did they? And like, you know, she had like a, every, each, each woman had like a, a look. And hers was very dramatic. And like, sometimes I liked it and sometimes I didn't, but I'm also not a tall person. Like I never would have been able to pull off any of the stuff that she wore, but there were some real misses. Like she really did have some real misses. And that is one of them. Like, I, like do you, I, I don't know how clearly you remember 1992, but it wasn't exactly like a banner year for like <laughs> longevity and fashion choices. No, that's I just gotta true. say. But but that was also a year where like I would sit down with like remember when catalogs would come to the house like nonstop. So instead of like sitting on the Internet, I remember like being in grade school and I would sit down with and, and I was I was yeah I was a child. I was not ordering anything from the Chadwick's catalog for myself. <laughs> like, like I wasn't getting like Newport News or anything like that. But I would sit down with these catalogs. And I, my mom would laugh at me because I would sit down with a pen and I'd circle like something on like, you know, a dress on this page and I'd flip and then circle the shoes to go with it on another page. And I would just like go back and forth and just like imagine whatever I was going to wear. So I just feel like maybe I was kind of like a, a fashion scholar when I was eight and like, <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I can speak on like, you know, that wedding dress <laughs> <laughs> you should do a guest blog on golden girls fashion corner oh my gosh i can't wait to check it out i i feel like since like hearing your podcast like how how really like out of the whole like fandom and like the world that i've been i'm like just so excited to like get back into it <laughs> it's wild that it exists on a level it does i mean this show has been off the air for so long 30 years but like people are still still into it still creating I mean we created a whole you know like a podcast and a a social media account but like there are people who are moderating these Facebook groups in particular who like have trivia to prove that you're a serious enough Golden Girls fan to be in these Facebook groups wow (laughs) you know sometimes I feel like maybe years ago I would have been able to prove it but like not watching it for so many years in a row like because we just didn't have like regular cable at our old house 
So it's only since like now we have like Hallmark Channel again or whatever, like yeah. that I can watch it <laughs> with any regularity. Yeah, so are, like, there, are there other shows this old where the fandom is still going this strong? Because very little surprises me about weird fandom because I'm into some weird stuff like board games and like there's just these crazy communities and like the secondary market for craft beer, like very little surprises me, but like what shows from the eighties or before still have like current podcasts and media and crazy fandoms like this. I would imagine that the Brady Bunch has got to have some like, I'm sure crazy, you know, like I I, only cause like my, I feel like my sister is really into it and now Mm. she's gotten my niece really into that. So I feel like that's still kind of, there's, there's space for that. I like to think that it's that murder she wrote is one of them, but I don't know if it's as strong because it. I love it. It's a very nostalgic thing for me. And I just like, lo- I love a cozy mystery. Um, but like, it doesn't, it, but it's an hour long. And yeah, like, it's some slow. of the acting is terrible. The guest stars are bad. And so like, people are not going to get into it the same way. It's like Golden Girls is just like a delight from start to finish. You know, it's just. Yeah, I, I love what she wrote too. It's, yeah. But it's slow too. Like I recently was watching a couple and I was like, oh my God, like she's still having a conversation with the guy in the garden. It's been like 17 minutes. It's like, <laughs> where, what's yeah. going to happen? Um, but yeah, and I also think the Golden Girls is the type of show where a lot of people embrace I think a lot of people sort of embrace um, what it represents without necessarily being like super, super fans of the show. Like people have seen it. I'm sure, you know, people can recall, Mm -hmm. but like, I think Target did an entire line that was like either in their pride line or like adjacent to it. And like that sells, you know, like I see people on Instagram wearing like B. Arthur shirts. And like, so I think that the Golden Girls is unique in that piece. I I think like there's... um, there's a lot of um, scholars that we talk to also revisit designing women and um, sometimes yeah. hot in Cleveland also, cause it's like, you know, female foursomes and, and sex mm-hmm. in the city and stuff. But in terms of like the fandom and how sort of huge it is, I, I do think the golden girls is kind of uniquely positioned. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. And it hits, it hits on so many other like different levels. And like, like Lauren said, there's, you know, the pride adjacent line. It's it's huge, you know, in the queer community, particularly because of the notion of chosen family being represented on network television so far back. It it hits with women. It hits with women of a certain age. You know, you're talking about like, it hits with different arrangements, focus on friendship, not necessarily with relationships. It hits on the fashion level. It hits on the nostalgic level. It hits on Sophia is really funny. It hits on B. Arthur is such a striking you know, actress who no one has ever sort of been like her before or mm-hmm. after, you know, and Miami. I mean, there's just like so many it different It hits things. on the fact that like, you can have sex after 50. Yes, yes, like, absolutely. They have With randos. Episode. With randos. <laughs> there are and, some jokes. Blanche, it's not just like Blanche, which like, you know, she was definitely like more uh, active than like the other women, but like, even like, it's like such an issue with Rose, like for her to like have sex again. And it's like, oh, they're talking about this woman. Like you would just think, when you think about your grandmother, you're like, no, she have sex, you know? But like yeah. grandmothers can have sex, you know? That's like the whole thing. <laughs> I think like what we were talking about before, like, you know, seeing middle age or being able to be, to relate to having the life that you have now, just, you know, like in, 30, 40, 50 years, whatever it is. And recognizing that like, you're still gonna have this life. Like you're still gonna have like social engagements and like, maybe you'll be dating and like, maybe you'll have a job. But I think that at least, you know, like speaking for myself, like I very much thought that like old people, like, you know, I saw my grandparents on holidays and like, then they went and often did whatever they did. Like, I assume they read a lot of books and like, I don't know, went to church. I didn't, you know, imagine their lives as these like full on things that they are. And I feel like that, speaking of things that hold up and like continue to be progressive, I think that is still progressive of the golden girls. And like, you know, you see it now in like Grace and Frankie and like other shows that have older people as the central characters, but you know, it, it, it's definitely a trailblazer on that front. Yeah. yeah. So do you guys think you'll continue to watch the golden girls? <laughs> that's a, do you that's think a question it'll get a second ask. season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I have high um, hopes for that cook. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just he was the best part. <laughs> Listen, I, I really, I really enjoyed the pilot. I was surprised at how like funny and contemporary it felt. I'm wondering, we're almost done with 30 Rock. We're in the seventh season. So I'm wondering if Elizabeth is going to get me to watch Golden Girls now. Do it. I, you know, it's a double commitment because then you have to listen to enough wicker at the same time. Well, I was going to do that anyway, even without I, the show. Nothing would make me happier. Because <laughs> I know you won't watch some other shows with me. Like, I know it's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But if, like, I would love to watch the Golden Girls with you. <laughs> we're making, we're making this magic happen. <laughs> Bill, Bill, I will. Lewis, at least, Bill, at yeah, that point, exactly. you'll be hooked. Totally. Before that, even. But Bill, I will warn you, it's well, it's it's the first episode of the third season. So you have two, you know, full seasons to go through. But I will warn you that one of the defining characteristics of Enough Wicker is that we do not summarize the plots of the episodes in our podcast episode. We assume that as a super fan, you have already just watched it. So yes, yeah, so you do have to watch it and then do go. I need do I need to answer trivia questions to subscribe to the podcast? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely. It's like graduate school. They assume you've done the reading. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get that joke because I was waitlisted. Okay. <laughs> Lauren, so rude. So rude. I know, I'm sorry. I just heard that story. All right, is there anything we missed about the Golden Girls pilot? No, I thought your summary was really well done also. I was like, wow, that is everything that happens. And also when you listen to just the plot, you're like, this is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent point. Excellent point. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Honestly, you are a goddamn delight. We had yeah. so much fun. I, I wish the listeners could have listened to our pre-podcast conversation because that was great too. Sarah and Lauren are both from New Jersey. Um, obviously, we got the Rilo Kylie thing going on. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, Lauren and Elizabeth watched literally every single show, the same show. Uh, <laughs> so it, if you I'm guys... so glad you reminded me of designing women, though, because that's something I haven't watched in a long time. I want to go back all the way through. Let's do it together. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> if you guys ever want to come back on and watch something other than Golden Girls, please let us know. We would love to have you. Maybe designing women one day. Maybe. Sounds great. The nanny. Did you do the nanny yet? We haven't, we haven't done, done the, the nanny, nanny yet. I'm yeah. telling you, that one, that's going to be a weird pilot. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. I've already watched it. <laughs> Did you guys do Superstore? Um, I have, I've seen that. I haven't seen all of it. I recommend. That's like, a, that's like a pretty good show. I stopped watching it at some point. I think maybe we watched the pilot before we even started our podcast. Cause that's been on for a while now, right? Yeah. It's been on for a long a couple time. Years. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a pretty good show. I like that. I like that one. Uh, why don't you guys remind everyone where they can find your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Enough Wicker, uh, intellectualizing the golden girls can be found basically anywhere you listen to podcasts go on Apple, go on Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, you can visit us at enoughwicker.com for all sorts of scholarship, which is basically listing all of those amazing people who wrote academic papers about it, interviews with fun people, a list of all the villains ranked in the Golden Girls, you can categories <laughs> there. as well as uh, Lauren is superb at managing our Twitter account at enoughwicker and our Instagram account out enoughwicker. So um, we are just so pleased that you guys had us on. I was thrilled to find you hadn't done the Golden Girls yet. So I'm really excited that we can yes. have this Jersey reunion. Yeah, yes. yeah, this is great. Thank you. Yeah, it was so Thank much fun. Thank you guys so much for coming on. And Elizabeth and I are Trial by Pilot. You can email us show suggestions at trialbypilot at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Trial by Pilot. And go on to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to this, subscribe to the show, leave a review, and tell a friend. And thank you to the Beats for providing our theme music. Thanks, Beats. Thank you guys so much. And thank you guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Watching television, watching television Watching television, watching